Hey friends, this is Stephanie Goss and I'm bringing you another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. This week on the podcast, Andy and I are diving deep in the mailbag. We had so much fun doing this one. It was a question that has uh, come to us from an associate doctor who is really struggling with some of the decisions that their practice owners is making in the recent past about terminating some of the members of their team. They've had a lot of turnover and this doctor is really struggling with why this turnover is happening. They understand that it is the owner's private practice and they can, at the end of the day, do exactly what they want with it. They're really wondering when and how do I speak up about this? Because it's really bothering me. We've got some great stuff to unpack here. Let's get into it. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke, and the one and only Stephanie. Should I stay or should I go now? God. <laughs> That is very, very good one. How's if it going, Andy Rourke? If I stay, there will be trouble. <laughs> and if I go, it might be trouble. Maybe, maybe it's switched around. Anyway. Maybe so, and, it's always trouble when I'm involved. It is a, it's definitely, <laughs> it's a song about picking the better of two bad options is what I think it is. Uh, uh, how's it going? Oh, boy. It's crazy talk. It's, 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 it's wild. I, uh, I feel like I feel like I've seen your face a lot lately. <laughs> yes. You and I just spent like five days together from uh-huh. sunup until well past sundown. Well past at, sundown. At the VMX conference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was so fun. It was so good to see everybody uh, back in person and to feel that pre-pandemic energy and excitement about veterinary medicine, about change and growth in our community. And uh, I had a great time. I had a mixed time. (laughs) uh, There were things that were great uh, and there were things that were hard for me. And one of the things that was hard for me was that (laughs) Stephanie Goss was packing (laughs) lecture rooms until people could not get in. I'm talking it's like rooms that seat 800 and you they're turning people away. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. I went up to the door and they were like, you can't go in there. And I said, do you know who I am? And they were like, we no. do not know or care at all. And so I saw Eric Garcia, who's the program chair. And I was like, Eric, get I me in this room. They won't let me get in there. And Eric was like, Eric Garcia goes, official NABC business. Like, we're just going to check a uh, room count. <laughs> and like, and, and, oh, and he's with me. And, and so that's how I got in to see. The only way I could get into Stephanie Goss was to phone a friend and get him to essentially lie to the security people so that I could watch <laughs> you do your thing. And then no less than like two dozen people stopped me in the hall to say, I didn't see you on the program. Are you not, are you not on the program? And I wasn't. I did not do any speaking. It's the first time in forever. I'm not exactly sure how it happened, but it just kind of like shaped up that way. And uh, then I'm watching, basically, basically what it was, was, you know, when your friends are like, hey, buddy, you want to come and do this awesome thing? And you're like, no, I'm going to be responsible because I have a lot of things going on in my life and my plate is really full and I'm going to stay in tonight and get my work done. And then they send you like drunken selfies from the greatest (laughs) party in the history of the world. That's basically my experience with this conference, watching Goss just Poor Andy. I know. I literally asked someone at one point, is like, are pop-up lectures a thing? Do like like flash lectures? Flash mob in the hallway. Andy work Andy work lecture in the middle of the hallway. I mean, there were there were plenty of opportunities because there were some lines and you could have just done a flash mob in the hallway. I could have lectured to people in line for other things. I, I yeah. said that to somebody and they looked at me and they were like, yes, that's the thing. Yes, it's, called, it's called street street preaching. And I was like, okay. okay. It's like, that's not what I'm going for. That's not the and, level that you've reached. No, but but once they said once they said it, I was like, that is what I'm, that is exactly a picture in my mind. I was like, I was just imagining street oh. preaching really, that went really well. Like that's, which is probably what every street preacher imagines and how they get started. Oh man. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, we, we had a, we had a good time. It was good to, good to see everybody and meet some new people. And, um, you know, it is the future of veterinary medicine is, is bright and I am, I'm am here for it. I'm excited. It's going to yeah. be a good year. It's going to be a real yeah. good year. You know, I, I'm 
super optimistic for this year. I yeah. really am. Last year was a tough year uh, yeah. in a couple of ways. Um, but man, things are looking pretty darn good. You know, life goes on one foot in front of the other. I see I see a lot of opportunity ahead for vet medicine. You know, I think, uh, you know, my my wife and I uh, have gone through some health stuff. And, and, and man, we're on the other side. Yeah. All that stuff is done. It's all behind us. You know, it's looking good, buddy. Yeah, I know. And I like April is just a few short months away and we're going to get to see our whole Uncharted crew in Greenville. And like, it's just creeping closer and closer. Like Florida was just a little taste of sunshine. And then we're going to be in Vegas in a few weeks. And it's like, there's, there's all these little milestones creeping towards being, uh, being all back together with our Uncharted crew in, in April. And I'm just, I'm so excited for that. Boy, I, you know, it's almost, uh, it's half sold out already. You I know. know. I and know. I'm, that is crazy to me. I mean, we, we have we have sold out every year, but like this is the fastest that well, it has moved. <laughs> well, and we, we pushed the capacity up this year. We're yeah. like, if people sit in this, if we open the door to this closet and then we let people <laughs> sit in there, we can get more people. Like, that's what we did. And, and he's going to put me in the closet. That's... It's still, it's like, God's going to. I mean, you here. do it. You do it when I'm working from home. You put me yeah, back exactly. in the closet. So what's it's, how is that different when we're at the West End? And it's not my fault. The best acoustics in your house are in a closet. <laughs> oh, man, uh, we're we're off the rails already. All right. OK, now let's let's start. To, let's start to get in this. This is uh, a no, fun one. This but, is a good one. But uh, if you want to come hang out with us in April and meet the Uncharted community, you should sign up because we are already halfway sold out and it's only January 20th well, when we're recording this. So well, if you've been thinking about coming and you haven't already bought a ticket, you definitely should. Well, you don't even have to do that because you and I are doing our development path where people work with us every other week. If you're an Uncharted member, yeah. you can jump in with me and Stephanie and Maria Parita. Every other week we get together and we work on a topic and we work on part of the practice and like it's us. And so, you know... um, I'm just I'm super excited about again talk about the the 2023 being a great year. Yeah, we have never done, we've never done this before. But if you're an Uncharted member, you can jump on a Zoom call with me and and Stephanie and and just we we're, we're gonna we're getting to work and it'll be every two weeks and uh, yeah we're gonna be with you you know through the summertime at least trying it out seeing how it goes. But my plan is to hopefully keep doing it for a long time. All right, so today we've got a good one. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think in that we had somebody write in to the mailbag. Um, and as, when I read this one, I was like, oh, this is one of those you can lead a horse to water <laughs> conversations. Yeah. Uh, so we had a vet who um, was super excited. They had started, uh, had been doing some relief work and found a practice that they really thought that they gelled with. And so they decided okay, I've done the relief vet thing. Maybe I want to go back to, to being an associate vet. And so they agreed to work uh, with one of the practices they had been working with. And um, that started mm, last year. And uh, since that started, like like middle of last year, not like the end of December last year. Um, and so they've been there. They've been there a while. And in that time, the almost the entire team has either uh, been let go or has chosen to leave and new team members hired. So they've had a turn com- almost completely in the team since this doctor came on board. They went from, uh, you know, multi, multi-doctors, multi multiple licensed technicians uh, down to uh, down to only two licensed technicians. And so um, recently one of the techs quit um, and one of the CSRs was let go and the conversation with the team was about uh, personality conflicts with these people from the practice leadership. And uh, this is a private practice. It was practice owner. Uh, but you and I were talking about this before we started. And it's totally applicable to any leadership in the hospital, really. It doesn't have to just be a private practice because we've both seen this happen in situations where you've got a medical director or, or non-practice uh, owner leading the helm. But basically, this practice owner is... Um, having personality conflicts left and right with people and has been choosing to part ways with people. And in this case, the technician and the CSR were putting in uh, effort to take feedback, get better at their jobs, try and meet the expectations that were being set with them. And so this associate doctor is like, look, I'm really struggling here because these are two people who both brought great skills to the table. Uh, They were outgoing. They wanted to help. They wanted to bring more clients in the door. They wanted to take care of their patients. Uh, The tech in particular was 
great with aggressive patients. Um, and so this associate's like, look, I understand that it's a practice owner's practice and they can basically do whatever they want. But firing somebody for what feels like perspective-wise to the associate doctor, mild personality disagreements mm -hmm. feels like a really poor choice, especially when we're in a place where good team members are hard to find right now. And so they were like, why aren't we training? Why aren't we counseling? Why aren't we doing some management? Um, and so this associate was like, look, I've had a lot of leadership training and I've done a lot of CE in this area because it's something I'm interested in and everything about this does not sit well with me. And so they were like, okay, would you address the practice owner about these things as an associate vet? And if so, how do you go about basically questioning their management decisions? And um, if the the staffing of the hospital seems to be based on how well you get along with the practice owner, you know, whether you can become buddy-buddy or not versus their skills and the, what they bring to the table, like if this was you, would you guys be looking for another practice? Yeah. All right. This is, uh, this is a great question. Um, mm -hmm. I, I have a lot to unpack here. So let's start with Headspace as, okay. you know, as, as we do. Okay. So the first thing that I would say here is assume good intent, mm -hmm. right? And totally. this is a good, healthy way to think about it. The truth is, uh, you know, why, do, why does this happen? Uh, we don't know. Like, right. yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know why these people got let go. I, I don't. Is it possible that there was... That more to they, the story. Yeah, that there's more to the story. Of course there is. Is it possible that uh, that they mildly irritated this practice owner and he or she let them go? I mean, it's possible. It's hard for me to really get my head around and right. you know in today's right. labor shortage and stuff. But but that doesn't mean it's not true. I've seen people right. do some things. I just I can't I can't wrap your brain around. And yep. I can't get my brain around. It's it's I think I think the the kind thing is to say. I don't know what happened, and by for HR reasons, this person, they're, they're, I don't expect that they're going to tell me exactly what happened. So, so I don't sure. know, and and I think the reason for that, I say I don't know, is it just stops me from making assumptions and jumping to conclusions that might not be correct, and and that's just a safe place for me to pragmatically look at the situation. Yeah. And at the same time, <laughs> uh, there's a saying, once an accident, twice a coincidence, three times a pattern. Yeah. And so if there was a employee that I was like, man, that person's great. I have no idea why they got let go. It's a whole lot easier for me to say there's more to the story. Right. Uh, then that right. would be my first thought is there's more to the sure. story. Um, but if it seems to be happening again and again and again, it gets harder and harder for me to be like, well, there's more to this story. And there's more to that story. Right. And there's more to the other story. Like, yeah, at some point, there's a common denominator. Sure. When I go, oh, interactions with the practice owner are not going well. And yeah. so, I, I, but I think you can balance both of those things of having, of, of assuming good intent. And then also starting to say, I'm not concerned about this because of it happening once. I'm concerned about a pattern that I'm seeing right. there. I, I, right. I think those are both, these are both healthy things to hold in your mind at the same time. Yeah, I think that's I think that's super fair, you know, and I think, um, you know, the reality is most practices at some point or another go through a complete turn of, of their team. Like there are there are absolutely practices out there yep. that have longtime team. The whole team has been the same for 10, 20, even 30 years or the vast majority of the team. Right. And for the average multi-doctor practice, the reality is. Turn, turnover happens. It happens for a yeah. whole lot of a whole lot of reasons that have nothing to do with performance. You know, people yeah. people move, sure. people have babies, people leave the field, all of those things. So it's not atypical even for your average practice of size to go through a turn. And for this associate vet, they're sitting in the position where the turned happened, the turn happened, and they're wondering, was this was this a one time thing, right? Like you like you yeah. said, was this once an accident? Like this is a thing. It happened. We're moving on, and now they're continuing to see uh, things that make them think that it's that it's a pattern. And so I yeah. can totally understand being in this headspace of like, well, this doesn't look so good, and. I think this associate is in a good headspace because they're asking great questions. Yes. And they are like, yeah. I I don't want this to be the case. I want it to be different. I don't know if I can make it different, but I want it yeah. to be different. And so I'm asking the questions, which I think even if you can't completely assume good intent, 
you know, because you are noticing yeah. some patterns, I think is a good, healthy headspace to be. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think I think the other part of of perspective is is a little bit it's a little bit different, but, but kind of the same. Um, you you do. And I, and I really I just I, I'm so happy with this letter, just the, uh, the perspective of the person writing. I think it's just so good. But it's um, they're, they're very measured and they're looking at it in, in a very smart, non-emotional way, which I think is, is exactly that how you want to is exactly how you want to approach big questions like this. But sure, it is possible to hold in your mind and recognize this is not my circus, <laughs> right? Like I'm right, and that's going to happen whether you're in private practice or or corporate practice as well. Is like there's going to be decisions that are made that you're not invited to the table to make, right? And you have to be okay with that, and you have right. to say, well. That wasn't, you know, that was made above my pay grade. That decision was made above, above my, my pay, pay grade. grade. <laughs> yep, exactly. And so you need to make peace with that. And at the same time, you can also be honest and own the fact that the decisions made above your pay grade will affect you. And therefore, you do have a reason to care about this. Sure. And so just saying, they, it's not my business. I'm out. Well, you might be out of the decision, and that's true, and you have to be comfortable being out of that decision. However, from to your practice owner, I would say, well, yeah, you don't need to include your associate in this decision. However, you do need to be painfully aware that the decision you make will affect your associate veterinarian, and yes. I expect he or she to make decisions based on uh, what their circumstances are. Yeah, and so, so I don't know if I'm explaining that very well, but basically, I'm sort of saying from a perspective standpoint. I would not be resentful that I was not included in these decisions. Like, yep. I think that that's to be expected. And I can also have a strong opinion on this based on how I am affected by the decisions that are happening. Sure. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. It, it impacts your ability to do your job. And so it makes sense that you would potentially have feelings about the impact that it has to you for exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah. And and so going on from there in the headspace, um, I get to ask myself, how do I feel about this? And what do I want to do from here? You right. know, and, right. and I think that's exactly where the associate should be. It's not resentful that I was included, uh, not not assuming bad intent, but still saying I am looking at reality around me. Right. And I mm -hmm. have concerns. And so I am going to strategically plan for myself. And I think that that's a I, I think that that's a healthy headspace. It's, it's kind of where we need to get to, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. That makes that makes sense. And and to look at it from the perspective of like, okay, this does impact me. I am interested in mm -hmm. leadership because I've done some self-development here. Um, I like what I'm doing. I came here for a reason, you know, and mm -hmm. all of those things adding up to, okay, this this impacts me. Is there a place where I can have some influence. And that is, I think, is a good, healthy headspace to be because that is a place of hope. That's a place of hope. It's a place of like, maybe I could influence or change this situation, which is better. I is a place I like to live more than feeling like not my circus, not my monkeys. And there's absolutely nothing I can do about it except sit here and be miserable. Right. Which is yeah. certainly a, a place from yeah. a headspace perspective that you could be sitting at this point in time. Sure. I, I've seen a lot of people there. And so have mm -hmm. you. Like there's mm -hmm. a lot of people who feel helpless in these situations. Yes. And that may sound simplistic, but I, I promise you it's easy, especially yes. when it happens over time. You yes. know, at some point people started leaving and you got in your head, well, I have to carry the load. Right. And then people continue to leave and you just double down on that thinking without ever stepping back and going, wait a second, have my situations changed to a place where just carrying the load might not be a good strategy anymore? I think that that's really important. I also think that uh, there's not a right answer here and, right. and just on the information that we have. And I, I want people to know that, right? And, and, and it's going to be different for everybody in that what exactly are you, how exactly are you being affected, right? Is it like, People in my practice are leaving, but the main technicians that I work with are the same and my actual work day to day is largely unaffected. Or is it people are leaving and they're the people that I rely on and right. my work is radically changing? Those mm -hmm. are different scenarios. The other thing is, how do you feel about those changes? I know some doctors who want to work highly leveraged across multiple technicians. And if their techs start leaving, they're going to be really unhappy. And I know other doctors that don't leverage their technicians. Right. Um, 
wrongfully so in my mind, but that's, you know, but, <laughs> and, and, and going from two technicians down to one technician or going from a technician assistant down to just an assistant, it might not really bother them that much. Right. And, and we're not here to adjudicate how you use your, your support staff. I, my point is just some people are going to feel very differently about that right. than other people. It's not right or wrong. It's how do you feel? The right. last part of this really is so much of it about is is about the relationship with the decision maker mm-hmm. and um and perceptions of what the future looks like, right? Okay. And so I as say I'm the associate vet, right? And the practice owner is, is having these interactions that people are leaving, and I don't really know why. The truth is, on the scales, do I think this practice owner, this leader, is doing their best? Yes. Do I think that they're probably making decisions for the right reasons? And if I think that they're like, I, you know, sometimes things are hard, but I'm following a leader who's doing her best and who I believe is truly making these hard decisions. She's making them for the right reasons. Um, right. I'm more likely to stick with that person right. than someone mm-hmm. who's doing it because they want to bump profitability for the third quarter. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and we're just, and that's what their driving decision is in my mind. Um, dude, does the person appreciate me? It's one thing if 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 uh, people are leaving and nobody says anything to me other than, well, I guess you got more appointments to see versus them saying, hey, I know this is a challenging time and I appreciate you and I appreciate the work you're putting in. I mean, that stuff matters when we're right. when we're doing the math of what am I going to do? Do they do they value my input? You don't have to follow my decisions. Right. But I do like to be heard. And I'll just tell you, we teach leaders all the time that making people feel heard and, and making them feel like they have input that's truly listened to, even if you go a different way, that's a huge part about being the, about people being okay with the hard decisions that were made. And yeah. Like, you don't have to do what I say, but it, I pay attention to, am I, did you communicate with me? Like, did you ask me what I thought? Or did you check in on me? That right. stuff matters. Um, is this somebody who's just had shit luck and, you know, I we all know people who have hit a real streak of bad luck. And I go, yes. man, if if we're in a tough place just because of bad luck, which happens, you know, I, that makes me feel different than we're here because of negligence. We're here because this person is apathetic, because they checked out, because they're, you know, purely focused on personal gain. Like that stuff matters. And the last thing in all of this is, and I'll just tell you, um, when you go through periods of really hard work, right, especially in this case, you're shorthanded and everybody's working hard. I will tell you that one of the biggest difference makers is do the people in the trenches with you, do they see a light ahead? Right. And if they're like, nope, we're shorthanded and I have no reason to believe that that's going to change. Right. And this is my <laughs> new be, reality. We are going to be shorthanded until the end of time. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's no that, change. That is a different emotional experience yeah. than we are shorthanded. And I believe that we will not be for long and right. the future will be better. And we are going through this period of offloading people who needed to come off of our bus for some reason. And we are actively going to load back on some good people mm-hmm. and the days ahead will be brighter. Um, yeah. All of those things factor into the equation of how do I behave and how, what decision do I make going forward? And so I know that's a lot to unpack, but I, I really just want to say, there's not one where I say in this situation, the answer is you leave. Right. I would say, boy, there's a lot of nuance here, but just try to get those things in your head. Like it can be someone else's decision and you can be affected by it. Um, yeah, uh, I think, well, cause I think what you were saying about how, it's easier to stick with somebody through the hard stuff when you feel some of those things, right? Like when you feel that somebody's appreciating you, when you feel like they're hearing you. Um, and even sometimes like I I remember vividly a point where I literally had four people quit at the same time, like within two weeks of each other. Yeah. All different reasons. I could not control it. And I was devastated. And And my team looked at me and they were like, it's okay. like, it's okay. We'll, we'll figure, we'll figure it out because they could look at it through that filter. You, you said of sometimes you just have shit luck. You know, yeah. sometimes the person who's yeah. been, who's been trying to have a baby for two years finally gets pregnant and is like, yeah. I'm not going to work anymore. You know, like yeah. those things happen. And so I think that it's, I think from a headspace perspective for me that, that it, this is headspace and action because when it comes to 
to your point, what are you going to do next? Are you are you going to quit? Are you going to leave? Are you going to stay? Are you going to do something about it? like all of those things we're going to talk about when we get to action steps? Looking at it through that lens and figuring out how do I feel about my relationship with this person and the rest of the team, I think is really, really important because you're going to need to no matter what happens next, no matter what choice this associate vet makes, it's going to be it's going to be hard. Yeah. Um, and so being able to to look at I'm doing this and I believe in this and like being able to hold that as your like little flame, you know, yeah. of, of hope is is so, yeah. so important. I, I completely agree. Let's take a break here and then we'll come okay. back and we'll get into the actual action steps of what do we say and how do we say it? That sounds great. Hey guys, I just want to hop in really quick and give a quick plug. The Uncharted Veterinary Conference is coming in April. Guys, I founded the Uncharted Veterinary Conference in 2017. It is a -a one-of-a-kind conference. It is all about business. It is about internal communications, working effectively inside your practice if you're a leader. That means you can be a medical director. It means you can be an associate vet who really wants to work well with your technicians. It means you can be a head technician, a head CSR. You can be practice owner, practice manager, multi-site manager multi-site medical director. We work with a lot of those people. This is all about building systems, setting expectations to work effectively with your people. Guys, Uncharted is a peer mentorship conference. That means that we come together and there is a lot of discussion. We create a significant percentage of the uh, schedule, the agenda at the event, which means we're going to talk about the things that you are interested in. Uh, It is, as I said, business communication focused, but uh, lots of freedom inside that to make sure that you get to talk about what you want to talk about. We really prioritize people being able to have one-on-one conversations, to pick people's brains, to get advice from people who have wrestled with the problems that they are currently wrestled with. We make all that stuff happen. If you want to come to a conference where you do not sit and get lectured at, but you work on your own practice, your own challenges, your own growth and development. That's what Uncharted is. Take a chance. Give us uh, give us a look. Come and check it out. It is in April. I'll put a link in the show notes for registration. Um, ask anybody who's been. It's something special. All right, let's get back into this episode. All right. So I love that this person made this job really easy for us yeah. by giving us two specific questions <laughs> numbered one. And two, and two. I'm like, <laughs> I like the way you work. Like you have yes. clearly put some thought into this. So yes. the first question was, would you address the owner about these decisions as the associate veterinarian? And how would you go about questioning their decision? Um, yes. So to me, the answer is absolutely yes. yes. Like if we have so little trust in our relationship that I can't ask you go, uh, hey, I couldn't help but notice that no one else works here anymore. Um, <laughs> then then you don't have a relationship anyway. And what are you doing right. there? You know, yes. like, I'm sorry. At some point, this is the elephant in the room. And it would be weird for me to not ask you about it. Yes. And so, you know, I, I always say we, we I treat jobs like a relationship, you know, and I expect to be treated in a certain way. And I and I plan to treat other people in a certain way. And, you know, I expect to be able to ask some questions about where we go and um, and I would, and I don't take it personally if other people ask me questions about, hey, where are we going? Like, it's just a basic, you know, common understanding of what it means to work together with other people. And so, no, just me. The big thing are, is, um, there's a couple of parts here. There's a difference in challenging the decision that was made and trying to understand what happened. Yes, I, I, I would totally agree with that. And it's funny how often people screw themselves right there. Yes. You know, um, I'm not going to walk in and make demands. I really don't want to walk in and make assumptions. Right. Um, the two most powerful words in management, and this goes to managing up as well, are what happened? And I just seek first to understand, right? Like what happened? And so that I would say absolutely you have the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. How can you make a decision to go forward without asking some basic questions? You're totally flying blind. And so I think that's a no-brainer. Yep. And so then the question becomes, how exactly do you talk to them without them feeling uh, that they're, as they put, um, they're, they're, you're questioning their decision? Mm-hmm. The big thing for me is I use phrases like, help me understand. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I noticed that we, we've had another one of our uh, paraprofessionals go out. I, it feels like there's been kind of a trend of people kind of leaving. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I'm wondering if you can help me understand kind of what's what's going on. Sure. And that's it. And then I would stop talking. And that's it. And it's not, I would say it exactly like that. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. hey, I just, I just want to, I just want to know kind of what's up and first of all, what's going on and then kind of like what the plan is. Um, mm-hmm. Can mm-hmm. you help me? Can you help me understand? And then, and then stop talking and, yep. and, and let them, let them go. Uh, after I sort of try to get this open up uh, and they sort of say, well, this is what happened or this is where we are or whatever. The next part for me is going to explain how I am being affected or how I've been affected and what my concerns are about not being able to keep the staff. And I'm not going to say you firing people has done this or that. I'm going to say, hey, I know you know this, but it's not easy seeing appointments with half the support staff that we mm-hmm. usually have. Mm-hmm. And and this is me communicating where I'm at. Because remember, like I truly believe this is a relationship. Yeah. And if you and I are in a relationship together, I want you to tell me where you're at and how you're feeling. And I also am going to tell you kind of where I'm at and how I'm feeling. I'm not going to play the guess what I'm thinking game. And so, hey, you know, I'm I'm concerned that this work is getting harder to do and that we might lose more people just because without support around them, their their job is harder. I, and mm-hmm. just, I'm worried about us being able to keep people that we have now that we're so shorthanded. Mm-hmm. And, and the last yeah. part, the way I kind of frame it is I'm going to ask for advice or I'm going to ask for guidance on how I should go forward uh, to best to best support the practice and and um and and what and so that I kind of know what to expect. So I'm going to say things like, "Hey, can you can you give me some guidance on what I should be trying to do to keep the staff that we have or to support the practice mm-hmm. or he- help me have a clear expectation of kind of what what the plan is from yeah. here." And and yeah. that's it. It's, and I just tried to use as much of the actual wording as I would use, but that's exactly how I'd say it. It's very soft. It's not argumentative. I, I'm not trying to put this person on the defensive. I want to know what happened. I want to know. I want you to know kind of how I'm feeling, so that I can just say, "Hey, just giving you the information, so you can make future decisions." This is this kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Um, what what is what's the plan? What should I expect? How can I support you in in going forward? And mm-hmm. then see what they say, and mm-hmm. actually really listen to them. And that's for me. That's the end of the conversation. A lot of people will say, well, but then we need to talk about what if I leave? I said, no, 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 no. You got the information. You got what you need. Go home. Just go home and sit with it, you know, and just just process. There's no need to have this one conversation this one time. Just sit with it. And there's nothing wrong with coming back in three days or 10 days and saying, hey, I've been thinking a lot about what you said, and I just want to be transparent and kind of what my thoughts are. Um, that that's how that's how I would sort of do it. If you wanted to, if you decide going in that you would like to be more involved in these decisions, you can even say, you know, hey, I think important to me, it's important to me going forward, just that I kind of feel like I know what's going on because I, I felt like the rug was sort of pulled out from under me in some ways. And I'm not saying that that what happened didn't need to happen, but it would really help me if I was kind of if I kind of had a little bit more, I don't know, lead time before right. changes were made, if that's possible. And just ask, ask for what you need. I guess that's me sort mm-hmm. of telling, telling you where I am. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? How does that, how does that sound when I say it? Yeah, no, I love that. I, I think for me that my framework is, is super, super similar. So it's really hard for someone to, to be on immediately on their defense when you start the conversation by asking for help. You know, so whether it's help me understand or, hey, I need your help. You know, like I am I am struggling. I feel like the team is struggling because and and I'm sure you must be struggling because we've had a lot of change and we've had a lot of turnover. And this seems to be affecting all of us. And I want to help you. And so I thought the best way to do that would be for us to start with a conversation, you know, which is why I'm why I'm here. I want to understand what is going on and how I can help you um, and in turn help myself and the rest of the team. Like, yeah. And then to your point, you have to shut up and listen because our, especially if we have nerves about having conversations like this, our natural tendency is to just keep talking. Yep. Um, but if you don't sit back and let them actually answer, you are missing your opportunity because this first car I agree with you like this is not one lengthy conversation this is this is a multi-part conversation 
in that part one is about info gathering because one of the things that you taught me is that there are there are defining moments uh, in our relationship building with people and people always, um, always eventually show us who they are. Right. And so if, if you have uh, a situation where somebody is under a lot of stress and this practice owner might be in a place where they're just like, you know, I've got a lot, there's a million reasons why this could be happening. And they could take the opportunity to say, Hey, I'm really like, they could apologize. They could, this is one direction it could go. You know, they could say, I'm really sorry. I know that this is a lot. This was not where I was intending for it to go. Here's what's going on. And they could fill you in. They also could be like, you know, Hey, it is what it is. We're moving on. Like, thanks for your, thanks for your, you know, ask, but you know, we'll, we, I've got a plan and we're working on it. And, uh, you know, they could totally shut you out like that. And it could go a million different shades of gray between those two, those two points. The whole point of this conversation is for you to info gather, because I get, I gather from our, the, the questions that the associate vet was asking, and this is why I said, I love the headspace that they were in at the start of this, they haven't already quit. They haven't already made up their mind. And so this first conversation is about info gathering. And I think that while we all have moments where we are not our best selves, when you start a conversation with somebody and you ask them how you can help, it tends to be a situation that is going to put someone into a better possible light (laughs) than others might. And so take this as as a info gathering opportunity. And just hear what they have to say, you know, yeah. and then and then offer what help you might be able to to give, you know, like, hey, I would love to help with, some, you know, with, you know, trying to find new team members or, you know, like, the, again, info gathering into your point, like, you might have to marinate and say, you know, I, I would love to really think on this because I'm I'm up for helping like I, I want to fix this like I, I like what we're doing. I think that we have some great people and I would like to see us keep the great people that we have and continue to add great people to this team, right? Yeah. There are yeah. lots of ways that you can easy walk out of this conversation no matter what is said. Um, but I, I agree with you spot on, like just hear what they have to say yeah. and then close it's, the door to conversation number one. Yep, exactly. Right. It's amazing how often people say, all right, well, what do I do? Option A, I stay. Option B, I, go. I leave. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> How about option C? I get more information about what's going to happen in the near future. Right. Like I vote option C. Yeah. And and then ask me again. Um, And and that's exactly what we're doing. The second question that they ask is uh, if staffing based on being buddy buddy with the owner versus skills and merit continues, would you look for another practice? I'd say, all right, first. We have made the we have we have made the assumption here that the reason people are not are leaving is because they're not buddy buddy with the owner, which I would right. say you might be right. Right. I would. You have to info gather I would, first. I would assume good intent, and I would right. info gather to stress test that assumption. Yes. But it may be that that's what happens, right? And so the first thing is I would check that assumption and see if it's really yes, true. Yes. Agreed. the The answer to the question is at some point I would do some math, right? I would look at the pros of staying and mm-hmm. subtract the cons of staying. And mm-hmm. if I got a negative number, meaning the cons are bigger than the pros, I right. would leave, you right. know? Or if if the pros and the cons were about a wash, but there was a pattern towards steady decline, right? A trend right. downward, I would say, hmm, right. I know, I'm worried about this, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, so I would do some math. And then so I, I we, we talk about this all the time, so much of management, and this is about personal management, right? This is career management. Right. It's picking. It's picking your poison. Yes. It's it's summing up like, okay, if I stay here, these are the bad things, and right. if I leave, these are the bad things. Right. And it's looking at like, it's not just the bad things today, but it's it's the bad things sort of going forward. You know, um, I don't know if that if that really helps, but it really, I, I guess that's my basic thing is just. At some point, you have to sit around and say, how much do I like being here? And how how hard is this? And right. uh, and then subtract, the, how hard is it to go find another job? And that's why another thing, I can't tell you what the answer is. You're the only one who could say, there's 10 other practices in a five-mile radius that I could absolutely go to. Right. In fact, one of them is trying to hire me, and they seem amazing. That's very different from, 
I live in the middle of nowhere. And if I leave, I have to move my family right, right, to right. a different sure. place. Like there's just different sure. things. And so you have to do that math for yourself. But yes. what are the pros of staying versus what are the cons of staying? What are the pros of leaving and the cons of leaving? And see how the, all that stuff sort of sorts out. The last, the last part I want to say on the math part is what? What are you smiling at? <laughs> keep, keep going. Keep going. Okay. I, I, will, I will hop in when you're done. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> the last part of it is, and this goes back to what we said before of don't get confused and think that your options are I leave now right. or I stay forever. Right. And yes. The, the options are really I stay for a while and I don't say anything. Mm-hmm. I stay for a while and I work to improve the situation I'm in. I stay with a commitment of reassessing my decision in three months. And sure. I will, that help, like, that helps me sometimes to say, I'm going to say something and then I'm going to wait until June 1st. Sure. And right. on June 1st, if my situation is not better than it is now, I am going to leave. I'm going to plan yeah. to leave, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes just putting that pin in the calendar where you're like, I'm not trapped. I am going to make a decision in the future. Right now, I'm going to say something and then I'm going to give it some time to see what happens. That's right. not a bad strategy. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm going to make a plan to leave, which is I may not, I'm not giving my notice right now, but I'm going to go ahead and start investigating my options. Right. And then your last option is to leave. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I'm out. Um, you have a lot of options and that's that's my point in this. And so I think I think where people screw themselves up is they make assumptions about what's happening and they say, I'm in or I'm out. And I go, oh, buddy, there's so much more nuance to this. But anyway, I, that's those are those are that's kind of how I would look at it and lay it down. And generally, I'd probably come down. I tend to come somewhere down around, you know, I do my math, but I'm going to say something and we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to ask what the plan is. And then I'm going to give them enough time to see if the plan works or if it's actually getting implemented. Yeah. And then I'm going to circle back around. And when I do my math again, one of the cons of staying is based on previous performance, I do not believe sure. that things are going to get better. And that right. may it's be a big change. knock in the con side. Yeah. So anyway, but that, that's how I yeah. do it. No, I, I love it. I love that you were uh, looking on the bright side. And I think you're like, I agree 100% about, about doing the math. And I think being able to sit back and work those steps depends entirely upon how your info gathering goes. Because again, those are steps that require you to be able to be in a place of positive headspace and assuming good intent. Because, you know, if you if you are not, it's really hard to look at it and say, how am I going to stay, you know, to working your way through even staying and thinking about the three, I love your idea of like three months or giving yourself a, a time frame And when you feel like you have a super negative outlook on a situation, it's really hard to to do that. So I I love that you looked at, that you looked at it from that perspective of you got to do the math and make make the pro list and make make the con list. I think it's funny because when I read the question, uh, my answer was my answer was was radically different <laughs> from yours. <laughs> You're in like that, in that get I wasn't, out of there. Yeah. Well. So yes. So the so the question was if staffing is based on being buddy buddy with the owner versus someone's skills and merit. And if that trend continues, would you look for another practice? And my answer is absolutely hell yes. Because what I would say is hell yes with a caveat. So if the staffing being is, if you have done your info gathering and there is actually a trend and it's not, you have assumed good intent and you have seen a pattern that is undeniable, and there are hospitals out there where this is 100% the case. We've had episodes where we've talked about when, you know, the one of the techs is really good friends with the practice leader. And so they get good opportunities or they, like they're the bias mm-hmm. of being friends or being buddy buddy is undeniable. So there are situations where that is totally the case. If that was the case uh, pers- on a personal level, I would absolutely look for another practice because to me, there are so many great practices out there that need great people. And it is, I have come to just, maybe it's just the place that I'm at in my career, but I have come to this place where like, it is important to me to work with good people who want to do good work and who believe good things. And if I felt like I was in an environment where the staffing was solely based on whether somebody could get along with a practice owner or not, hell yes, I would be gone. (laughs) 
<laughs> and and I love what what you said because it's significantly better answer <laughs> in the sense of you should still do that math. And I guess I say hell yes, because I would have, I agree with you. I would have done the mental math and I am that person. Like I believe the best in people. And I have had, I can think of two instances in my own career where I was really struggling with things that were happening with our practice leaders. And I felt like I had some significant skin in the game, obviously, as, a, as mm -hmm. a practice manager. And it was not my practice in either situation. Um, and so I was in the place where you that exactly where you talked about where I sat down, I literally made pros and cons lists. And I mm -hmm. looked at the math. And then I looked at all of those options and thought through them similar to what you just said, which is like, okay, I could stay and not say anything and be miserable. And I see people on my team and that's the choice they're making. Yep. And I don't want to be that person. So what's the right. next, what's the next thing? And I move, kind of move my way down. And ultimately I am a big fan of the camp uh, in the middle, like giving, staying, and here's the commitment. I'm going to reassess this. And so eight, and in both of those situations, I gave myself a time frame, and I was like, this is the time frame." I, and I did exactly what you said at home. I wrote it on my calendar and I circled the date in red. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to give it until this day. And I'm going to give a hundred and ten percent as I have been until this day. And then I'm going to reassess and I'm going to look at it with, you know, fresh perspective. And if I still feel the same way that I do now or I don't feel significant change, then it'll be easier for me to make my decision one way or the other. So I, I think you you look at it from a very pragmatic um, perspective. And I and I think that that's important. And I'm going to advocate I'm going to advocate, I feel like almost always on the side of there are so many great practices out there. And yeah. I see so many people and the, and this letter reminded me of that, of people who are good people who want to do good in the in the world and are in these practices that, um, you know, and again, we only hear one perspective. And the truth is funny, man. There are always at least two sides to every story. And the truth usually lies somewhere in the middle, right? And so we only yeah. have one tiny filtered down view from the email that we get in the mailbag. And, you know, when we zoom out, and we talk through all the things we talk through on this episode. It's really easy to imagine a place where this is this is reality. And maybe this practice owner is toxic. And this is what's happening. Yeah. And then I'm I'm a big advocate for <laughs> for being the cheerleader for my fellow colleagues to say, Heck yes, man. <laughs> don't don't yeah. stay in in a toxic place. Don't let yourself feel trapped like that. Yeah, I'll put I'll put a little bit of spin on this as well, just so you look at because I think you'll you'll sort of appreciate it. What if it's not that the practice owner wants people they're buddy buddy with? Mm -hmm. What if they're a weak manager sure. and they're not able to manage people that are not very similar to them? Sure. Does that does that change the way you look at the situation? It doesn't Hell change yes. the outcome if people are getting chased away. But again, it goes back to, again, it just goes back to assuming good intent. Yes. And to the info gathering, because yes. if we were info gathering and that practice owner said to me, said what you just said, I'm struggling. I don't know how to, I don't, this, this last person who left was like radically different from me. If, if I got that out of the conversation, hell yes, I would be willing to, to yeah. help and look at it completely differently. It's just, it's uh, it's just interesting. It's just a thing I've done for years and years yeah. and years. Pe people will say, I have a bad boss. And I'll listen to them and I say, it sounds to me like you have a struggling boss. Mm -hmm. And they're like, mm -hmm. yeah. And that now, that does not mean that you have to sacrifice yourself. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. You're mm -hmm. like, does not mean that you should be miserable or that you need to stick with this because the boss is struggling to lead people. That's not, yep. you, didn't, you didn't marry this person. You just took a job. Right. Um, but it does help me to feel better about my decisions and put things into into some context that, that I don't know. It just for me, yeah. when my heart is kind of open like that, it can help me it can help me pick my way, pick my way through it. I think your point is also really good is when we we do some math um, ease of leaving right now with so many hospitals that are desperately looking yes. for people, especially really good. <laughs> uh, that that does swing the math equation, right? If you're sure. like, I'm, I'm pretty confident I can go to a place that's that is really good. Yeah. Um, you know, ultimately, you, I go back to the very beginning, which is they're not obligated to include you in their decisions, but you are affected by the outcome of those decisions. And you are therefore empowered and should not feel bad about making the decisions that are best for you because that's what, what they did as well. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, to your point there, I think some of it is self-reflection on what do you want in your role? And I have worked with associate veterinarians who are like, I want 
nothing to do with I just want to come to work. I have nothing. I want nothing to do with being a leader, whether it's from within the team or in a position of power. Like I want to come to work. I want to take care of my patients. I want to do a good job. And then I want to go home. If you are an associate veterinarian who likes management, who is interested in leadership, who is interested in growth and development, which is kind of the sense that I got from the mailbag letter that we got, then this is also a good opportunity for you to look at what you want. So for it was so easy for me to say, hell yes, I would look for another practice because I did that reflection on what what do I want, you know, in my own career path? What what is important to me? What are the the values that are important to me in a practice? What's the environment? And if you were like, if you told me you were going to go work in a practice every day and you wouldn't be able to have a conversation um, or have any any impact from even within the team, that would not be a fit for me. And it would be easier for me to do that math, right? And so I think that's that for this associate that I think some of it is thinking about what do they want in the bigger scheme of things, right? And then maybe what they want and what the practice owner is struggling with. I mean, talk about, you know, it, it feels maybe like lightning in a bottle, but what if you have a practice owner who is struggling to manage people and you have an associate vet who is interested in managing? What if you guys can work together? Could you turn this around? Hell yeah, you could, you know? So I think, I think coming at it from that inquisitive state and info gathering is the, is the, the, the most important part. Cause I don't think you can make your decision without that. No, I completely agree. Well, then that's what I got. That's uh, I think I think that's all I, I think that's all I got with this one. This is a fun one. Take care, everybody. Fun. Have a fantastic week. See you, everybody. Well, gang, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. And as always, this was so fun to dive into the mailbag and answer this question. And I would really love to see more things like this come through the mailbag. If there is something that you would love to have us talk about on the podcast or a question that you are hoping that we might be able to help with, feel free to reach out and send us a message. You can always find the mailbag at the website. The address is unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag, or you can email us at podcast at unchartedvet.com. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. We'll see you again next time.